Club, man. What's up? What's up? It's Monday night, not Wednesday night, but this is a special edition of the track chat with the most known unknowns. I am Coach Kyle Machiavelli returns, Lamont Johnson, and the alchemist himself, her son Stamps. I'm gonna give out some early roses. Happy Mother's Day to all the women out there. Mothers, single mothers, married mothers, soon to be mothers, mothers that are carrying first time mothers, mothers of five years, 10 years, and so forth. We are so grateful. We're so thankful for all of you being the vessel to get all of us here. All right. So, got to get straight into it, man. If y'all, again, if y'all don't follow Mun on Facebook, I think he has been doing an incredible recap of track and field each weekend for like the last three or four weeks now. Uh, so let's get into these golden games, man. That's the hottest topic. We know that probably too much time was spent on DK Metcalf, uh, and there were some other great things that went on. I was disappointed myself that I didn't get to see the horizontal jumps, uh, but I did get to see some clips on glass. Some people were able to post some clips for me to watch it. But let's start with DK. I'm going to open the floor. What y'all guys think? Of course, we let me let me go first. Let me go first. Yeah, because you know sometimes, and this is one hundred percent directed at Lamont. Sometimes I don't know if, if if you come up with the answers you come up with, or you just legit take it from other people that you hear and just regurgitate shit. Um, but Calm that's down. the beautiful thing about our barbershop talk. You know, what I'm saying everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um. In our group chat, I said, cheers and hats off to USA Track and Field for actually hitting the ball out the park for once. Um, as a track fan, the relevance that was given to our sport for that small window because of a football coming in is always good for business. And this is why. Prior to the man running, Everybody thought he was going to run 10-7 and 10-8. Clearly, he's an exceptional athlete. Mm -hmm. Definitely earned my respect. And he ran 10-36. If you look back at every road to Tokyo race that has now been run leading up into there or leading up into this weekend, 10-36 would have been in most of the finals as an early season meet or, or, or where people are at. So for all of us, and, and before I saw his start, I was of that sub 10-6 or whatever it was that I said on the show the week of. But then when I saw his start, I quickly changed my time in our group chat to 10:41, And the Joker ran 10:37 or 36, 37, whatever it was. And he didn't take no money away from nobody. Because the 1036 professional that didn't get that spot wouldn't have made no money, would not have made the final, would be in debt for flying out there, would have been in debt for putting himself in a hotel if he wasn't a contracted guy. So this this utter, uh, I think, excuse of this makes track and field a clown show. We've been telling y'all track is whack for a long, a long point in time. And the reason track is whack is because of things like this. Is it good for the sport? Yes, it was because of the eyeballs it put on our sport. If we don't have the space or capacity to now with this showcase, professionalize our sport at a greater level, then again, 
USATF will have dropped the ball again. They knock the ball out of the park. They could also strike out. See, what people fail to realize is track and field needs to operate a lot like tennis and or golf. You can't get on a pro. Uh, you can't get into a pro match without your tour card. We don't have that. Guess what? My 99 year old grandfather can go buy a USATF card today. Right now. Online. Twenty seven dollars. And so in in stamps, I think with your transition there, I think that's the point or the argument or Lamont's criticism of USA track and field like that. But that's that's a problem that has now been revealed, not only in USA track and field, but shoot overseas. We've all been in that position to if this agent or if this meet director has whatever relationship with whomever or however, or whatever your name is or who or whatever their name is, you get a lane, you know. And that's not that's not necessarily okay, you know. But again, my take is number one. I think we all forgot he was he was a pretty decent hurdler coming out of high school. Now I didn't I didn't think he was gonna run much faster than ten eight because of how big he was, you know. Uh, but he definitely showed that he dedicated a lot of time and effort, and a, I got a great deal of respect for that. You know, and to, for him to be that big, to move that fast. Now, by track and field standards, 10-3 is of yesteryear. All right, so it's considered slow. But that man to be able to move that fast, I ain't trying to tackle him. I ain't trying to get hit by him. And he's fast for his size. And for that to be on anyone's field, he's dangerous. He is definitely dangerous. And we did all agree upon he beat – he he almost beat one person. Well, not in his heat, but I think overall he did beat one person uh, from the total times. So for me though, he does have he definitely has my respect uh, for like what I saw Lamont tweet out. I mean he didn't he didn't shy away. You know he put himself on a world stage against some of the world's best, and that football side came out. He was fearless, man, and he he went down swinging. And he showed a great deal of respect in his interview. All right, Lamont, it's on you. I'm going to tackle two sides. No pun intended. I'm going to address the DK Metcalf situation. Based on his interview, based on what he's been posting since Sunday, my level of respect for that man has went through the roof. I already respected him as a football player, except when he was at Ole Miss and he was playing Alabama. That's a whole nother story. My respect level for him as an athlete grew tremendously. He just posted something on Instagram, giving much respect to everyone that was in that race. And all the guys that was at that meet went on his post and was like, you know what, big dog, we respect you. I respect him. I'll be the first one to tell you between certain conversations I have between 10-6 and 10-8, okay? Only because we didn't really know that he actually took the craft serious and he was actually training, okay? He didn't just step out there, okay, well, I'm over OTAs, so I'm just going to go out to the track. No, he put the work in. And when you look at that start that stance referred to, I know people who don't have low heel recovery that damn good. 
Okay. Now he did what we knew he was going to do when he get into the race. That he got up and he popped up. That's expected. Happens to some of our athletes. Happens all the time. So let's be let's be clear. DK Metcalf, and I know you're not going to see this, this in the third. You have my respect. Come back anytime. Because you showed improved. You could have punked out and get did it. Okay. Now, here's my problem with USATF. Okay. And people aren't hearing me. Okay. Had DK Metcalf ran at a small meet, ran that 1036, and they said, you know what? Come on in. Got no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Got no problem with it. The problem that I have is stamps. You and I came up in an era where after Modesto relays, there was no meets in the United States after this, after conference. Once after Drake, we were struggling for meets. If we didn't go overseas, our season was over. Our season was over. Okay. We have fought tooth and nail to get respectable meets on U.S. soil. Okay. There is a kid, and I can say kid because I'm in my 40s. There's a kid out there who busted his butt to try to get a lane. And if anybody knows the struggle about trying to get a lane, it's me. Even when I was ranked in the top 15 for three years in a row in the 60, I was ranked in the top 30 in the 100 in the world, not the U.S., in the world. And I couldn't get lanes. So the USATF created the clown show, okay, gave Metcalf a lane and took an opportunity away from another young man. That is the problem. Now, once again, I want everybody to listen to what I'm saying. Had D, had DK went to a meet, ran 10, 30, paid his $40 on direct athletics, ran at, ran at the Fresno meet or ran wherever he's training at, went down to Florida, ran in North Florida, boom, got no problem. He ran 1036. Oh, he ran 1036. Yo, let him in. Hey, let him in the mouth sack me. Okay, cool. I got no problem with that. He has no times, no nothing. You think regular track athletes was able to do that? Come out with no times and just get and just get invited into, into a meet that we've been fighting and begging for to be held on US soil this late in the spring. This weekend that just passes normally is normally the Modesto relays weekend, which is an old meet that's no longer around. Okay, but we fought. Tooth and nails, a lot of us sacrificed a lot of stuff. The ability to have races going into USAs. A lot of us didn't have races after 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 this week. A lot of us didn't have races going into USAs, man. We went to USA, staled in the mug. And they took an opportunity away from a young man who is full-time training for track and field specifically. All right, so Lamont, so, 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 so Paul, so to both of you guys. So again, we we revealed their problem. Can we create a solution out of this? Right. Well, yes. so what I was going to say is that that creation, the unfortunately, and this isn't a lack of entrepreneurialism. This isn't a fact. Uh, uh, this isn't a, a, a fact of, of of lack of opportunities. It's 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 lack of creativity. Mm-hmm. Like. Everybody has access to buy a time and system. Research it, get the money, sign the stuff up or or. Uh, 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 go to the site, pay for it, learn how to use it, or find somebody to time your meets, right? Because of those, what's happened is 
American Track League. What's happened is the tumbleweed stuff happening in Texas. What's happened is all the stuff that's happening the, down at Sprint big, Athletics the big, meets the big and friendly. down in uh, North Florida, not North Florida, uh, uh, Claremont. So I understand that that wasn't what it was when you and I were running. So like the nostalgia for what it was, that very well may be uh, a line of disdain then, not now. Not over 1036. If you're a guy that is putting your, your, to me, that's putting your, you know, you're putting your best foot forward. You wanted to get in that race and you couldn't get in that race. And here, one of the budding stars of the NFL, like his tryout, why did nobody remember this, was the shit that he did on the football field. And it was all about the relative connection to what, what he did for almost 100 yards how does that translate into 100 meters? What more did you need to see? And then when I watched, I think they played it before they showed his race. And I started like looking at it. I was like, damn, he's got pads on. He's kind of heel striking. Like, again, as a lot of you guys, it was revealed that for two months, he freaking trained. Like, for real, for real. And then again, David gifted us with that start. I said, oh, shit. Like, if you're going to guess, they made the right guess. The, the the person that signed Michael Jordan and brought him to Nike, remember, Nike was a brand new company who was trying to break into basketball. He hadn't, you know, he did what he did in the college realm, but Converse and Adidas had a lot on basketball. So there's got to be some, some guesstimations on good things to move things forward. And for what we gained in the eyeballs on that sport, on the sport to where now, finally, an answer was, an, I think the answer to the age all football speed and track speed being answered was worth whoever didn't get that opportunity. Because USA Track and Field provided the opportunity for it to ever and always be squashed. For that, I, I agree with you there, Stamps. And and then where I just agree with Lamont is, and I'm sure a lot of fans that are watching, it's just simply, you know, he got in off of his celebrity and the play that he made, but for simply just not having a no time, just show everyday track and field professional athlete, they aren't granted that access. We know that, we understand that, we even knew that back in the day. So now that that is revealed, I, I see, hold on, I see two opportunities. I personally see two opportunities now as an entrepreneur that could be then created out of this. For you and I, as we are starting to like really kick back up, you know, our meets and everything, maybe we could create more opportunities to get more football players in some track and field races. That's number one. Number two, I am in agreement of had said making that sacrifice with a big enough name because of everything. I think it was good for the sport. I don't think that it was bad for the sport. I think it revealed something that we already knew anyway, but for the viewership, for which it happened, for the place it, where it happened, the timing of it, the station that it was streamed on, and so forth, I don't disagree with anything that went down about it. Track side of me, I'm with Lamont on just taking it away. It was too easy. My 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 biggest my biggest issue, right? Okay, is that now that that's happened, you got track coaches having to defend ourselves now. 
all yesterday and all today. You, you, we literally now have novice people who don't know track and field telling track coaches we don't know what we're doing. Really? Well, like, 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 like this is what this is what it's come to. This is what it's come to. That's Hold on, hold on, hold on. But, but this, but this is where I'm saying the clown show. Not, not it, it, this. Let's remove. Let's try to remove DK from this because, like I said, he has my. Uh, he has all of our respect. Every single one of ours. Okay. Every single one of ours because he put the time and he put the work and he put the love in. Okay. Got to give it to him. But now a whole other Pandora's box done opened up. A whole nother world of nonsense. Like I read so many stupidity things, and even coming from track people, it gave me the bubble guts. I had to log but, off. But look, it gave me diarrhea. I had to log but off. But much check this out. But on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers strength and conditioning staff, they have a track and field guy on there. So I look at it like this, and I'm sure her son does the same way. In opening up Pandora's box. They may have then created more opportunities for said, you know, because it's so hard for me, you, stamps, whomever to get a sprint, a sprint coaching job, a jumps coaching job. You may have now then created another lane to enter into a football program as a speed specialist. And I'll give you that. They're, they're, that all right. So instead of looking at the negative, let's transition into the potential silver lining. You're 100% right because I know um, Sam, it, Sammy Dabbs had that happen with him. He's mm -hmm. beloved at Kentucky. He's beloved, you know, and a couple of other people, you know, I know a lot of people don't know. When I was at Alabama, I worked with Kareem, with, 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 um, with Kareem Jackson and, and a couple of other people before they got ready for the combine. I've always kept that close to the vest, but statute of limitations, so I can, I can say it now. We've worked with a lot of these guys. I work with football players. I work with Ellis Hobbs. I work with a lot of these people. Ellis Hobbs, who played for the uh, for the um, for the New England Patriots, he went to Iowa State. You know what I'm saying? I worked with uh, Reggie Hayward, who played for the Denver Broncos and and um and, and the Jacksonville Jaguars when when I was still in school. So I get it. So there's an opportunity if somebody's willing to be a, a maverick or a trendsetter. This can open other opportunities where track coaches can now transition into another position. And we all know football got money. We're going to get paid. So I, I will, I will, Atlanta, I will, Atlanta I will, I will that. Atlanta Falcons up down the street. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I done moved move nine <laughs> times. I can move, I, I done moved nine times. Believe you me, Amber won't be mad if I moved again for some big money. <laughs> okay. She'd be coming right with me. Now, uh, Cleveland Browns, and, all the Carolina Panthers. In saying that, uh, Kyle, I don't even know if you if you noticed, know and I don't even feel like I, I I told you, Dr. Deweese, Brad Deweese, was most recently named uh, 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 movement specialist at the New York Jets. He yeah, out for the Jets, yeah, at the Jets. I'm just so saying. I said, bro, bring me oh. up from the camp, and so we're work, we're actually kind of working on that um, to to start that conversation and shit so and side note christian mccaffrey trains at my track mm. and every period and periodically dan path comes out here and works on him and watching that man work out and watch how he take takes track seriously even though he knows he's not gonna be world class but he understands 
body position, body angles, force application. He understands. Like Christian McCaffrey respects and understands track and field. See, I can respect that. So it's always going to be lanes open for – there's going to be lanes that could potentially be open. So I want that to be the silver lining behind the cloud. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, no disrespect to DK Metcalf. Dog, you, you got my respect. But USATF, I need y'all to do better. Ultimately, ultimately, I need y'all to do better. And that's, that's the end, and that's the end of my. Mind. I'm not gonna go on. A, I'm not gonna go on the tangent. I thought I was, but I had to. I had to pull myself back a little bit because this is emotional for us. Because I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to any of y'all that's watching. Any of y'all that's on the screen. Okay, I know. I know what it was like to get denied into meat. To get into meats, man. Whether it was overseas, whether it was domestic. Okay, I've been to overseas three times. I've been to the Caribbean when the Caribbean had those that that triangular meat in uh in uh Martinique and uh. Guadalupe and all that stuff. I ran from every coast, east, west, north, south. I ran everywhere. But so, then a certain time of the year coming around, had no opportunities, man. So, you know, so so it's personal for me. You know what I mean? Because it, it, I'm, I'm the guy who was trying to get in that didn't get in. We know. We, sure we've been there. So, but, but let me ask you this, guys. And I'm sure I think Evander uh, or Nate put this out there. Do more football players now come out for track again? I hope so. I hope so. Because what you what what you could hopefully say with him and his size, and and again, when I I kind of did a small research and say he was four three, you know four three four four, you know those those guys are typically you know sub ten five guys. Oh, so you know this that that is fast on a football field. He is fast on a football field. You know. Oh, oh, and and to add to that, y'all know during the time that you know, uh, and I mean, there was a point in time when, when like when Michael Johnson, uh, I think was fresh out of Baylor. There was a time when all track guys that were some of the top guys that did play football kind of had soft contractual like rights to certain teams. Like I don't know if y'all knew this, but uh, Michael Johnson uh, uh, was with the Cowboys. Never played. Didn't know that. Yeah, they used to have rights to those guys because if, if if and when you ever want to trans trans you know translate those skills over here, like you know, my main man Justin, I know you watched the show. You know, it was the Texans, right? He, he, he tried. He came out, you know, for a couple of teams, and yep. he because of who he was on the track was invited to camps. Understand the camp ain't the game. But let's not forget that that happens. You know, Evander, I know you're watching. Yeah, he just he you just said, I think in your last year had a chance to play at Tennessee, or you know, you you came out for a little while and you know, like because of your speed. Yep. So let's not forget that that happens the other way, y'all. Yep. You got a point. And again, you know, Stams, you and I, we're we're the creative ones, man. I I think. I think now we just we take it a step deeper. I would I would love, and they only did this here one year in Georgia. And so you try to figure out like they were like, who's the who can run the fastest 40 in Georgia? Mikhail Thomas won it the one year that they did it. So now who knows? We may try to put together a group of track guys and who can run a sub four forty. Ain't nobody trying to see Christian Coleman. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but that would be what the people want to see. Fans are right. 
all fans want to see, they want to see what car can drive the fastest, what Who horse can run the fastest, what person can run the fastest. Do do what they want to see it fast. Do what they did at uh at the convention, Armando. Yeah, yeah. That I be got dope. robbed, man. By yeah, the way, that, that, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. I got robbed. That okay, man, so, he was, so he was fresh out. He was fresh out of competition, man. Come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. That, that's true. Can <laughs> we can can now? Nah, can we transition into? Yeah, I come on. Yeah, we're gonna keep it moving, but sticking to the meat, Shakari, man, bro. Because we've been saying her name wrong for weeks, Shakari. Um, Shakari. She says Carrie. Okay, then Shakari. We'll call her Shakari. Yeah, go back and watch the flow track. Oh. Um, so did it twice, ran 10-7 twice, one day, one weekend. Uh, that young lady, man, she's the real deal. She is the real deal. She is the real deal. Go ahead, Lamont, because I, I know. I ain't look, y'all gonna look at me because I ain't saying nothing. Let me let me let me go first. Let me you go say first. I ain't going. Okay. I'm gonna go get something to drink. It's it's no secret that you know I have my concerns about some of the antics. Mm -hmm. I want everyone to remove the antics from this from from this topic right now. What we saw in Kyle and I, we are hundred meter runners by nature. Okay. Mm. I, I'm not. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> okay, you're you're two. You're two guy. Yeah, I'm you're two, two four. You're yeah. two. You two guy. Okay. Sure. So let let me let me go on and 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 put this in perspective. If you there's a video out where it's a side angle from the bleachers. Okay. Uh, Javian Oliver was out on her, like through 40, 45 minutes. Javier was killing her. The fact of the matter remains that Shakari was using all power and no speed through the first 40, 45 meters. And she was right there with the with, with, with uh Javier. And she came up out of her transition and she pulled away. You know the last person I've seen do that was Flojo. That was the last person we've seen do that. Her bounce, her force application is something in which I've only seen two sprinters do. Flojo and Carmelita Jet. Them the only two I've seen to put and make it three. Elaine Thompson, when Elaine's healthy, her bounce is crazy. Okay? Mm -hmm. Only been three out of all the years. Now, somebody now, I see, I see, uh, I see, uh, Floyd Turner's on here. He could probably, he could probably, uh, chime in with some other, with some other people. The fact that she was able to run 1074 and she put the brakes on, then she went all out for it and she was running into a headwind and she ran 1077. That goes to show the type of deep muscle strength that she has in her lower extremities. You tell me the last time you seen a female run 10-7 into a negative 1.2 headwind. I can't recall. Y'all know me. I've been looking. I've been looking for them stats. I can't recall. I can't recall. Her, her speed maintenance and her speed reserve is so nasty. Okay? She's going to be a problem come trials. 
Okay, look, everybody know I love Hannah Cunliffe. Okay, but I'm also a realist. After what I saw this week, I can switch my pick. Shakari's going to win the traps. She's going to win the traps. Just based on what I saw, she's going to win the traps. And let me tell you another thing I'm happy for that young girl. She just debunked all the BS everyone was talking about. Oh, she ran 1075 at the NCAA championship. Oh, that time ain't real. Dude, the NCAA championship is the second hardest meet in the world every year. Behind the Olympics and behind Worlds. It is the second hardest meet in the world. And on an off year, it's the hardest meet in the world. Harder than European championships, harder than South American championships, anything. It's, hard, it's the hardest meet in the world. Okay, it's the greatest meet in the world on off years. It's second hardest meet in the world on any other year. Okay, she killed it, right? The girl has five, 10, seven runs, five, five. So this whole thing about the Florida track, oh, that track down the Florida is suspect. She just went out, all the way out to California and proved that it was legit. Mm -hmm. Y'all going to respect that girl. Her athletic acumen, you're going to respect her. She's real. She's real. And like I said, all the other, all that side antique stuff that she does, that everybody know I'm not a fan of, put that to the side. Got to give credit where credit's due, man. That girl's real. She's the real deal. Okay, I don't see her choking. I don't see her choking at, at the traps. Now, when we get to the games, got to remember, because a lot of people getting beside themselves. Can she win it? She put us in a position where she can't. But we're not going to disrespect the queen of queens, and we're not going to disrespect the champ like they like they some has-beens. Because one thing about Shelly, Shelly shows up when it matters. And one thing about Elaine, if Elaine's healthy, she's a problem. All three of them can run 1070 if they want. And Elaine probably can run under 10. I think Elaine has a better chance of running under 1070 than Shelly does. Lamont, let me ask you something. Yeah. Uh, from a, Just from an entertainment standpoint, both didn't talk much. But he was animated. You were okay with that? Which 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 one? I mean, just both, just both as a whole. Like he was, I, I, he didn't he didn't necessarily talk much. He was just animated. Right. So I want y'all to I want y'all to look at the timeline. He didn't get animated until after he set the world record. Well, hold up. The first time. I want to bring up. I want to bring up someone else that that was animated. Mo Green, okay, another, another animated sprinter. Like, right. how did you feel about Mo Green? I had no problem with Mo Green, and we had this discussion already. I had no problem with Mo Green doing what he did because he started doing it after he won. Okay, so it's more so because she doesn't have that major title. That's oh, it's always been okay. that. Right. It's always been that, and I told y'all, and I say it again. It's on film multiple times. When she wins, she can do whatever she wants. I had a problem with Bolt in 08 doing the Macarena 60 meters out before the damn finish line. I, I had a problem with that. that to, me, to, to me, that was disrespecting your competition. Everybody had a problem with it. From the BBC to the um, IOC to the, to, to the Olympic Committee, everyone had a problem with it. Ain't no That's such thing as a fair fight, Lamont. Huh? There's no such thing as a fair fight. Listen, Bolt is, Bolt is, a, Bolt is the walking disadvantage, okay? <laughs> so he is... He's the ultimate disadvantage. Okay. We get it. But I had a problem with it because I know Richard Thompson. You know what I'm saying? I know some of the guys I was in that race. So I kind of had a problem with it. But 
you know, he he ain't did it, he ain't did it afterwards. He crossed the line, he'll beat his chest, got no problem with it. When Shikari comes across the line, she beats her chest and do all I ain't got no problem with it. I ain't got no problem with it. Y'all know what my issue was, y'all know what my issue is, and we're gonna leave it at that. But yo, her and um Javian Oliver, I don't know who she's training with. Who who she trained with? Do y'all know? I don't know, but I'd appreciate if you give her or give her a coach a shout out. That'd be nice. For what? We know who a coach is. I ain't got to give a coach a shout out. They know who they are. I ain't got to do that. For what? For what? We all know who the coach is. You I ain't got to do that. Hey man, let's keep it moving. Let's keep let's let's move let's move to the men's and the women's two hundred. All right, let's start with the women. Co I'm gonna get I'm gonna give her credit. Coach Coach Buford Bailey with Gabby Thomas. All right. Impressive with 22-1. Impressive, man. Cause she came what maybe a year or two ago. She it was kind of a down year for her. When she came in. Yeah, yeah, it was. So, but right behind her, the queen herself. The queen of queen. The other queen of queen. The real queen of queens. Exactly. <laughs> and Allison is looking good, man. Mm -hmm. She is. And that's another veteran, so she's gonna do what she needs to do when it's time. Leah, Lena, Arby, Lena Irby, yep, Lena Irby, yep. She's gonna make nothing but love and respect for that woman. Everyone had a problem with her leaving Georgia the way she left. Mm hmm. Look like she made the right decision, and, and you know, but we we've talked about that before, and that's. That's a tough. That's a tough decision to always make in the sport of track and field, because right. you you just you never know. You never know when you're gonna be hot. You don't know when you're not gonna be hot. You don't know if it's gonna be another three or four years before you get hot again. You know, so that's always gonna be one of those critical decisions and discussions that get made. Oh, uh, no allows. Yeah, Stem gets that one. You go go first. I go after you. Go first. All right, Stem. Say what you said. I'm I'm not long winded today. Noah Lyles looks like he looks like the 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 veteran that's gotten comfortable and he realizes, oh shit, Muzz is running, and he doesn't know what to do. You can see it in his face. You can see it in his running. I understand he's run really fast, but no two years are the same, and he will not win the gold medal. I still think he's a God, his God-given talent is good enough for him to get a medal, but he's going to lose to somebody. I just don't know who yet. Two. Okay. Okay. Let's address the elephant in the room. Seeing that you want me to put, seeing you want me to mention people's names, Man, I'm gonna mention names. Okay. If I had to put my life on the line between two sprinters, but not just the sprinters, the coaches, Lance Brown versus Dennis Mitchell, I'm taking Lance Brown seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Noah Lyles is going to win the 200 at the Olympic Games. However, I know for a fact that Kenny Bignarik, okay. That is only a handful of people that's still that's running right now that was born to be a track athlete. He's one of them. He's one of them. And 
Can he win the Olympic gold medal? Absolutely. If no, if 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 Laos ain't on his 19.5 tip, then if he runs over 19.5 and he lets Kenny come into his zip code, then he's gonna have a problem. Okay. However, one thing about Laos, he finishes strong. He finishes strong. And one thing I know about Brahmin, dude, I've watched Brahmin's work for over 20 years. Yeah. This guy's gonna be ready. His guy, when you ever know his guy's not to show up. That's true, but the, the thing I would say about this race this past weekend, it looked a real, it looked some real Wallace Spearman-ish. It did. I'm not gonna lie, it did. You know, and, and that's a and that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous way to run that race. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. And for a guy who ran nine, for a guy who ran nine eight six, we, we gotta remember. That part. We we, we got to remember, Michael Norman ramrodded him in that Diamond League meet off the curve. Now, now, if someone would allow Kenny to run the quarter, his natural event, the event that he should be running, and he decided to come down and run the 200, Noah Lyles would stand no chance in beating him. Because we I, saw the blueprint. We saw the blueprint. Glad, Michael Norman, I'm glad you brought that point up. Michael Norman gave them the blueprint. The kid could run under 10 seconds. The kid could run 44 seconds. And the kid could run 19 points. Move that man back to the quarter. And then let him come down. And watch what happens. Then, then, and only then. And this is just my opinion. If you want to get offended, well, y'all can get offended. I don't care. Kenny, if Kenny goes back to the quarter and then he drops down to the 200, he's going to be unbeatable. Now, do I think he's going to break the world record? No, but I'll tell you right now, I, I'll be I'll be happy to say this right now. He will break Michael Johnson's American record. He will take it down. Okay. All right. Stamps, I'm throwing it back to you. Edwin Moses' record goes down by Mr. Rye Benjamin. John Wick. He's got his, his his body's feeling good. He's I mean the world record's not it's, it's it is ready to fall. It'll fall in the Olympic final. What I don't know, and this is a far cry from where I was at at Worlds because we didn't kind of get the race we were hoping for because he was a little banged up. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 going to the dark side of month. I I still think oh I now I now. Uh, and and team Viking. Okay. That guy's just a whole nother level, dog. He's he's I I think he's crazy. He's got the confidence. Rye is John Wick. Rye brings some intangibles to the game that. But I, I also think like Rye's like I don't think I can get him. I haven't been able to beat him. Uh I. And 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 dude's crazy. Stamps, like Stamps is going to Stamps has come out and say you saw exactly what I think Charles mm-hmm. saw, and Charles pointed it out. Now I thought he was nitpicking, and then I went back and watched the race. You you being a former four hundred hurdler, you know what you saw. You know what the problem is. I I don't think. You know, okay, I don't think. I think Rye knows and understands that 
his yeah he was born to be a four hundred hurdler, but a part of me says he'd much rather be doing something else. He looks slightly like yeah yeah. He has this real meh swag about him versus somebody for you to open up your season at 47 14 and 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 you be in ultimate control with it and for the other guy Karsten to be just a madman like the 400 hurdles is 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 all he has to do something with and I just feel like rise I don't think rise a career 400 hurdle mm. Mm. he doesn't mm. look he doesn't look like this is like where he sees himself to me. Mm -hmm. I can see what you mean. So are you are you basically saying like if we take it back to Batman, we knew Batman was going to go out there and be fearless and on. He was confident. It looked like he was confident in his training. He was confident in himself. He was confident in what he knew he was capable of doing. Is that what you're getting? At? Yeah. And like we all have those athletes. We've all coached one of them, guy, girl, male, female, whatever, that appreciated the fact that they were good in this event, but like, damn, I'm actually really good in this. Like Didi. Didi loved the 200 and the 100, but she was a quarter mile. I get what you mean. So that is that. I get that kind of vibe from Rye. My, my biggest concern with Rye right now is that they are not utilizing his natural step pattern. No one has figured it out for him yet. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem because they get his step. He can, he can, with his speed and his force application and everything that he can do, he can literally 13 step from two, probably through seven. He probably can. And that's my concern. How, how no far way. away does that put him, though? I'm just curious because if he's if he's willingly not doing that, is that how he messes heel up? No, no, no. Nah, he messes heel up because he clipped the hurdle. He's not doing it because he. I don't well, think he knows how saying. to. You understand how far away he had to for you to do 13s from two to seven. You understand you're taking off almost almost uh, it, uh maybe. 12, uh, 12 to 14 feet away. And typical, a typical person is this on 13s. And if I'm, I'm, I'm slightly wrong, I'm going on the side of it being farther. So it could be 14 to 16. That, no matter how fast you are, if you're not, that's what I'm saying. If he hit, if he clipped it on a hurdle, part of his fear in doing that is because of how fast he was running in a force application and him being on that side of the hurdle to hurt himself is the slight fear he might be exemplifying. Probably we all we don't have to see because with him with with, with him Samba and and the Viking hmm. I ain't seen Samba do nothing yet. Samba hasn't done him Samba nor Samba nor the Vikings opened up yet. They haven't right. opened up yet. Which which brings which brings me to the women's side. So let's let's bring it down to the women's hundred hurdles. I'm gonna start mm -hmm. with Sydney, then we'll move to Kenny. Okay. Ooh, okay. So mm -hmm. it seems like more of a of a speed approach uh and making her a better hurdler is being used for Sydney. All right, as she's preparing 
for those 400 hurdles, which she, which we all know she's going to be the one to have to face Delilah. On the other side, we could assume that Delilah is going to be strong as hell. All right. It's going to be more of a, a really strength base for her. But my question to you guys first is seeing how Sydney is just dropping, you know, week after week. Do you think, number one, do you think that's the best approach for her to beat Delilah? Um, she's. I think, I, I, I think, I think, I think, I think what she's working on. I think what she's working on. Hold on, real quick, Steve. I think what she's working on, being able to handle the speed, and be confident going with this leg or going with the other leg. Because if you watched it every time she had to hurdle with the non-dominant leg, she went whoop. And I think that's, I think that's what they're trying to break her out of. So when she does attack the hurdle, she could do what Delilah did. Because let's be honest, between Delilah and Sydney. Sydney is the better athlete from top to bottom. Look at her, look at her events, look at her time. She's the better athlete top to bottom. They love the technique to her ass up out of Doha. Okay. Just technique to her way. Okay. The little didn't break form, break stride, nothing. And they knew that's what they had to do. And I think that's what Bobby is working with her. Because you, anybody know Bobby's training regimen? She's running, running. I'm talking about she's doing some crazy runs. Okay. So the strength, the strength component is not there. They're probably working on making sure that she feels comfortable, that she continues to hurdle and not go over the hurdle. She can hurdle through the hurdle when she gets on that basket. We all saw hurdle five, six, and I think it was eight where she messed up at either eight or yeah, eight where she messed up at. So that's what I think they're working on. But Stamps, you're the 400 hurdle guy. You got so, more, you got more experience with this, so you take it. So the other the other day, because uh, I was trying to express to my 400 hurdlers, I got three going to the last chance meet. Um, this Sunday, uh, uh my, my, and we were looking at the 2019 worlds and I did all the units and, uh, touchdown times. Sid actually ran faster average from six to home than Delilah did. The reason why Sid ran out of real estate is because the one thing Delilah did that Sydney didn't do was her first, Delilah's first three was better than Sid's first three. So Sid now realizes that if I'm going to go, if for me to have the closing speed that I have because of my talent, like female Angelo Taylor, you know, freakishly, you know, fast quarter mile, quarter mile, quarter mile, 400 hurdler ability, she has to hit them first three hurdles harder. Yes, I believe doing 100 hurdles is probably going to uh, uh, assist in that. But I also think that had she just knew and she knows and understands that she can't like passively, I say passively, she can't not be as aggressive as Delilah is, or because Delilah was to her outside, so she was chasing her. She has to beat Delilah over one and two to have a chance to get get to the finish line first. So she has to be the first person over the first two hurdles if she's going to beat Delilah or it's going to be the same result. Because what the the distance that Delilah is going to put on her if yeah. she's able to run as close to that first, uh, close to the race that she ran in 2019 is going to, that's, that'll, the, 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 the units tell the tale. So 
you know, with, with what Sid's doing and how, how, how well she's getting her feet down in that 60 hurdle. I mean, in a hundred hurdle race that she ran, this is impressive. You know what I mean? And I think any, any talented woman that can do both, you just exponentially give yourself a chance to make more money. Because if there's a race that doesn't have 400 hurdles, you run 100 hurdles. There's a race that has a 400 hurdles, you, you run that. And the dynamics, you don't have a lot of 100 hurdlers that want to train for both. Fair point. All right. So sticking, sticking with that race, man, Kenny Harrison runs 12-4. Uh, I wasn't necessarily – I'm a fan of Kenny, but I'm not – I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't bet my money. I wouldn't bet my money on her. Nah. I, I'm okay. I mean, I love Kenny. Anybody knows that she's my favorite hurdler. But I understand where everyone's reservation is coming from because let's be honest. From the minute she busted on the scene from Kentucky all the way up until now, she made one team. She made one team, maybe two, I think. And then she didn't make, she didn't win the trials. She got left home and then she goes over and then she runs 12, 12, 20 and breaks the world record. And, you know, she's sitting at home and, you know, I understand the reservation that everybody have when it comes down to this young girl, you know, I, I, I think, I think with Nia on the sabbatical, Brianna up in limbo, Sharika still trying to come around. I think she knows that her only competition is in the United States is Christina Manning and baby girl from LSU, Tonya Marshall. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I think she's going to be okay. Um, I think Coach Shaver is going to pull an upset. I'm just being, I, I'm, I'm, this Tonya girl is different, man. She's she's different. Um, I think that might be. And also remember, Camacho don't have to run at the trial. She 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 already got her book, her ticket booked to Tokyo. So so if Kenny can't capitalize on this right now, then we're, we're gonna have to start having conversations. Is she mentally ready? So where I'm at with it. Stamps. Uh, I like Amusan uh, from Nigeria. Toby, yeah. Uh, you know, again, uh, she she's always finds a way to be around, and you gotta respect, appreciate, and like notice when cats are like that. All it takes is one little stumble, one little toe drop, one little this, and then boom. You got the surprise winner, and then obviously you got ants, you know, out of Jamaica. And Jamaica typically puts two or three girls in the final every year anyway. Right. Um, an American does not win the gold medal in the 100 hurdles this year at the Olympic mm. Games. Wow. Okay. That, okay. I mean, okay. Well, te- well, technically, Puerto Rico is not exactly a U.S. <laughs> state. So, yeah. Ain't part of the union. Right. Ain't part of the union. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Horizontal jumps, stamps. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pick on your guy just to have a little fun, Jeremy, because I watch a lot of his videos. He posts a lot of his videos, and then his jumpers go out there and have all these fouls this weekend. What's up with that? Ah, oh, man. Um, 
they're right when they need to be. That's true. I think because he's like free flowing, he's one of those guys. And 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 if you if and when you guys ever get the time, shoot him a text. Hey man, I want to come out for three or four days. He'll freaking he'll take great care of you, man. And I love his his like philosophy about the board is just like free flowing. He said, all my jumpers ideally obviously have a presence of the board. Since we don't emphasize it, I give that their I let that be their charge to fix. I, he doesn't he doesn't do adjustments. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't say move back six inches, move back a foot, feel your run, get your feet down. You know where you're at. We run a million approaches. Well, what what did you feel? Well, I got long. Well, don't get long. And it'll be there. You know, uh, what was this or what was that? And I think the guys that, that have done it better out of his group, because Chris Bernard, who's one of the – it sucks being in Chris Bernard's place because he could literally interchangeably be a bronze medalist or fourth like in every major championship with the jump that he has had in a season when he hasn't been able to make it happen at a championship because he can't get on the board enough to to, to – like he's a guy that's – I think there's been two or three trials of world champs or the Olympics where he's got three fouls. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he's on, he's on, right? And he's tough to beat. Uh, so uh, I'd like to defer to the side of like, you know, all Jeremy's folks that when they get to the Worlds, mm-hmm. they're on the board of the Worlds. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Without, without a doubt. Like I said, I'm just giving you a hard time because, I mean, I it looks like look good this weekend. Uh, I, I, my, my number one criticism – Maybe I think he probably got some tight hamstrings on his landing, but that's that's it. I think how you said you think he's gonna be Christian this year. I I think he will. You know because we we've said before like Christian has had enough time to number one break that record. You know he's kind of just danced around and played with it, but I think now Will Clay has really found his groove. I I, I do. I think he's put together some good years back to back. And I think this is going to be his year, you know. Well, and I also want to say, like, like biometrically, he looks more like Jonathan Edwards than Christian does. And not that mm-hmm. – you feel me? Like, it's the light, airy guy. It's fast. They can get off the ground really fast that, 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 that jumps 60 feet. Not the lankier – I think of the two, I feel like Will's faster over 100 than Christian is. If I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. Right. I don't, I, I'm not. I'm not betting against CT. All right, there's two things. There's a couple of things you don't do in this world. You don't spit in the wind. You don't tug on Superman's cape. All right, you don't try to outbench me, and you don't bet against CT. <laughs> Somebody wear his little cutoff shirt, and he want to talk about benching. It's yes, I just came from the gym, baby. I'm sorry, my bad. Maybe I had to work out, man. I had to get it going. We're gonna, we gonna let you get yours. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. did y'all see or hear about like the guy that ran the 15 like in some Crocs or something? Like some. What? I think so. I man, it's in my text. I'm a, I'm gonna have to find it, but I'll bring it up later. Did I miss did I miss anything else at the Golden Games? I know we've been uh, on it pretty detailed. I mean, the men's 400. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah. yeah it was, Shout yeah, out, man. you know what? Shout out to Michael Cherry. He and I communicate, you know, via social media, you know what I'm saying? He's real down to earth. Shout out to Michael Cherry. He's going to surprise a lot of people, man. Um, as for 
the crow, that's what I call him. You know, I think he learned his lesson from 2019. So they taking it easy. Mm -hmm. I think he learned his lesson, which is good. But I'm still telling you, Mr. Faye's plan, whenever he decides to run that first quarter, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Does he have to run one before trials, or does he get to use his time from however long ago because of the COVID? Good question. I don't know. I, I hope I hope he runs the win. For matter of fact, man, the window about to close. I hope he uh, decides to run one soon. <laughs> like I'm saying, I think I almost feel like there's a a provision where I mean I don't know, but he got the bronze. He got the bronze medal 2019, right? He has an automatic. He has an automatic buy. I think I believe either for world championships or world and Olympics. I don't know if the rule's still that way, but I know if you medal, you get an automatic buy into the, into the next U.S. national meet. Because right. if he doesn't run one until the trials, then you know he was okay. I mean, like he ain't pressed about it. If I mean it's May May tenth today. Yeah, so. I, I think it's time. I think it's time to carry over. I think it's time from twenty nineteen will carry over. Quick, quick question for before we start to wrap things up. Are you guys okay with that automatic bid if you medal? Yeah, I believe there should be. I believe people who medal should get re, should get rewarded. Okay. As, you know, you know. So, so that's the one caveat exception to you don't have to show up that day. I well, yeah, I believe I believe that's the I believe that's the one exception that I don't think a lot of people ever had a problem with. No one's had a problem with it. A lot of people when we saw, we was like when I was running, we was like, okay, we're gonna tell Mo that he can't come to the damn meet, the damn nah, world champion. I don't know. I agree. <laughs> you I know, we was like, throw it out there. you know, he's the world champion. We, we gonna tell Gat he can't run. You know. He didn't look the champ, you know. He earned it. Sean Crawford, oh, he, they earned it, man. So if, if if that's a provision that the USATF put in, no one's complained about it. I ain't got no issue with it. All right, cool. All right, we know it's a short turnaround, but Stamps, you got a reality check, or we holding out to next week? Uh, no, it, it, it's it's a good one. All right, run it. All right, reality check. We're a conference. Conference weekend time, uh, regionals, marks, and displacements on the table. Yep. Come ready. Come ready or your spot could get took because we trying to take some spots on Sunday. And that's my reality check. All right. Lamont. Yes, sir. Don't debate me. This one this one's not going to be so much more of a debate me. I think this is going to be more of a congratulatory um, thing. Um Many of y'all follow me on Facebook. You know, I, I I put up, you know, my weekly recap, and it's time. It's time to put Richie Bean into the USTF CCCA Hall of Fame. It's time. Okay, the man has was it forty some odd conference titles. He develops athletes. He graduates athletes. He's one hell of a coach that doesn't get any recognition. That 800 meter girl that ran 202, 204, right? That girl was like a 227 half miler. Okay. His teams show up. They perform. He will never walk out of a conference championship without a conference title. There are people in the Hall of Fame, respectfully, 
that got in before him that don't have nearly as much accolades as he do. I don't think he's even won a regional coach of the year yet. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is which is mind-boggling. Okay? Him, between him, Victor James, a.k.a. Coach Poppy at Lincoln, Missouri. Okay? And I'm going to say it right now. Dwayne Ross. I'm glad. I'm okay? <laughs> Dwayne glad. Ross. Okay, this is going to be all about the HBCUs right now. Dwayne Ross, Coach Victor James, because Lincoln is an HBCU out there in Missouri. Okay? And you got Richie Bean. You said Dennis Mitchell? <laughs> so, so you got three, you got three great coaches who have always put their best foot forward, who's won conference titles, who dominated conference titles. Like, I mean, from every which way you could possibly imagine. It's time for us to do what's right. I don't know. Who's rearing you got to kiss? Who you got to go golfing with? But we can no longer disrespect these coaches and keep them out of their rightful spot in the Hall of Fame. They deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. In case you don't know, Coach Coach Victor James, a.k.a. Coach Poppy, has 14 women's national titles. 14 at Division Two, In the most dominating fashion you could possibly imagine. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Speaking, Lamont, speaking of dominating, 288 and 290. Exactly. If we're talking about, we're talking about A&T. Yeah. Okay. Once again. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's their point total. Wait, wait, That's their point total. Now, men, men with 288, women with 290. On my, on my weekend, on my weekend recap. I just put the sweeps and the wins and the people who won. I ain't put all the people who placed them all the who placed in those events. It's time wow. to get it, it's time for us to do what's right. And if it's up to us and we get to put votes in, it's time for us to get our our peers. It's time for us to give our black men. Okay. It's time for us to give these HBCU coaches, give them their flowers now so they can get into the hall of fame. And they ain't, and they ain't up for debate. Is, but is that black on black crime? What they just did? Bad, yo. <laughs> listen, and that's listen. they part. That's they pardon gift because they go to the big south next year, right? Right, right. So on the <laughs> way out, on, on, so pretty much on the way out, they uh, said you won't. They said you won't take this. You won't take this whooping, and we'll see y'all at regionals and at and at regular meets because at the end of the day, baby, all right, you can have this now. <laughs> All right, you can have it now. We're done with it. They 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 walking out. They literally Ross is walking out like the Joker in Batman Returns, and everything was blown up behind him. Boom, blew up the Miak and just turned around and said, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> Boom. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm on my, I'm on my way to the Big South. Got to give the man. Got to give the man his props, baby. Got to give him his yeah. props, man. I'm just I'm I'm honestly curious, man. What he said to his team this year. Like said, I, I would love, I would love to have been in those team meetings because to watch, because you know, uh, Pickett sent the clip of the, the fifteen, the men's fifteen hundred. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. Yeah, he sent it to me on IG. He's like, "Yo, this man ain't playing." I was like, "I don't know what he told his team, but I need to know." He told them, he told them that respect is taken, not earned. Don't let people lie to you. He took their respect. He took their respect. 
He took down men and womenhood, and he dominated. Okay, dominated. And shout out to Prairie View A and M as well. They won. They won the men's side at the SWAC meet, and they got second on the women's side. So them in uh, Alabama State kind of flipped a little bit. So shout out to Prairie View A and M, man. Shout out to Alcorn State with that young sprinter who ran ten twenty. Shout out to uh, Pine uh, Pine Bluff. You know they had a guy run. I think he ran forty six seventy seven. Another girl ran. A girl ran thirteen six. You know, shout out to all those HBCU schools that did everything. But people, back to what I was saying, get those three men into the Hall of Fame. We got to get them in the Hall of Fame right now. They've earned it. Okay, they've earned their spot, their rifle spot into the Hall of Fame. And also, you know what? My bad. To the fourth man, Maurice Pierce of Hampton. Yep. Give him his flowers and give him his, give him his props now. He's a Hall of Famer as well. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. We got to right. do right by them. So, Lamont, one last question for you. Mm -hmm. Are you more disappointed with the Coaches Association or USA Track and Field? You remember when Stamps was coming home in the 4x4? And he was trying, and he was catching people. Remember the disappointment on his face because he couldn't catch everybody? That's how I feel right now. Okay? That's how I'm feeling. So they kind of even. They they, they, they kind of even. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we don't know what goes into the criteria for the Hall of Fame. They send the head coaches the information, but we don't know who's making the decision. Like, how do you keep a man out who won 14 national titles, but you put somebody in who don't even own a conference? Who own maybe three conference titles? Like, how's that even possible? You should send Sam, like, and I'm not even being funny. Send Sam, Sam seems an email and see if he responds. He might. I, I, I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna have to, and we're gonna have to. Those three coaches, those four coaches, excuse me, those four coaches need to get recognized and need to get recognized right now. Don't give them, don't give them any recognition after they're gone. Give it to them now while they're still young, kicking, they can enjoy it. Those are Hall of Fame coaches. Mo P, D Ross, Coach Poppy, Coach Bean. Those are Hall of Fame coaches, man. Their, re their resume says it says itself, says it all, says it all. Got to make it happen. All right, man. It's time to give out these roses. Uh, who wants to go first? You ain't going first yet. Yes. Uh, my I might need your help with this one because I'm sure you. Well, I'm 100. You know more about it than me, but it it it, it, it it's poignant. I'm giving my roses to Chris Royster. I saw Mont make a comment on this man who, who's grinded. So this 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 uh, sequential person that is supposed to get the opportunity is this guy. You know, he ran ten eleven. That's noteworthy. Mm -hmm. And and I think he trains out at Altus. I think you know I'm I'm sure Lamont you know might help the system in getting out that way or whatever, but. To know that there are guys that are getting these opportunities short of the unicorn is awesome. It's dope. And I don't know the man personally, but if Lamont's speaking highly of him, and again, I'll let him kind of tie it together, then I know it's a noteworthy cause. And that was just something that I read, uh, I guess, on his recap that I, it touched me. And I was like, man, the whole thing that you're complaining about actually happened and it did work. This young man 
got into the meet, ran well, and had, I guess, a lifetime best at 10-11. So my roses go to Chris Royster. So hold up, Stamps. Hold up, Lamont, because Stamps is going to appreciate this, and Pickett will too. So, Stamps, you don't want to give Alters a shout-out for dribbling? And I'd like to give my secondary roses to the dribble kings of Altus. Altus. <laughs> Y'all don't know Stamps hates the dribbles, man. He hates it. He hates it with a passion. Every day I'm dribbling. <laughs> All right. Um, Stamps, you son of a gun. Uh, you literally took my roses, but I am going to add on to it. A lot of people don't know this. Well, some people know this. In the summer of 2015, I get a phone call from Kevin Brown, coach of South Carolina. Say, hey, man, I got this kid that's back in Virginia, and, you know, his dad, he works construction and this and the third, and, um, you know, he wants to continue training. Would you work with him? Okay, cool, no problem. Chris Royster calls me and says, hey, coach, I would like if you can train me. I said, I said, first thing first, I said, how much are you making? Like, are you are you working? Because one thing about me, I want to make sure that kids can the kids can be able to take care of themselves while they're trying to pursue their dreams. You know, that's that's a prerequisite for me. You have to have a job before you come, you know work out with me and i said cool he said how much do how much do i need to pay you i said you got a contract he said no i said so why are you talking about paying me we doing this for free we doing this pro bono mm -hmm. right and i don't want you coaches out here start charging these kids I don't got deals man like you got to do things man, that's gonna be an episode i stopped running because of it right so um he came to practice faithfully he came to practice faithfully every day. He did all the workouts. He did everything he was supposed to do. I got him to run. I got him down to 10-2. I only had him for a couple of months. Got him down to 10-2. Got him to be able to run 10, I mean, 670 indoors. We just missed making the U.S. indoor meet. Um, before we started training, I told him, I said, look, you're one hell of a talent, and you're going to make my team better. This is when I was at Virginia State. And I said, the goal right now is to get you into a professional camp. I said, that's going to be the goal. And a lot of people looked at me and was like, what are you doing? Like, dude, it's bigger than me because I knew I was leaving Virginia State, and I didn't want to drag this kid up and down the country with me. You know what I'm saying? I, said, I think he needs to be stationary in one spot. And I spoke to Chidi. If anybody knows Chidi, he's down there, Altis, and then – Andreas and stuff like that. I made I made the call. Said, listen, give me some time to work with him, and then let me let me get him to where he needs to be. And then once y'all see him, then y'all can go from there. Right. Long story short, we was at A and T. Um, there was a guy from the Ivory Coast. He had ran like nine ninety six, and this is one of these fluke things. Him and Chris was in the final A and T. Chris jumped out on him. Both of them, they, they separated from the whole pack. Rodney Rowe and all those guys, and Chris Belcher, all those guys were in the race. Chris and the, and the guy from Cote d'Ivoire ran away from the field. Chris started pulling away from him, and Chris, Chris Calf pulled, cramped, boom, and he stopped in the middle of the race. The guy from Cote d'Ivoire ran 10 flat. Chris was a meter ahead of him. That's, that, that's where we were. 
And he thought he's gonna lose it all. I said, No, this is what we're gonna do. I made a phone call. Look, Arizona's having a meeting. I want you to go around there. This is gonna be your this is gonna be your uh your opportunity to perform in front of them. He goes out there, he runs 10-20. I get a phone call from Chidi. Chidi said, Yo, you want Chris to come down, man. You did your thing with him, have him come down. When I told Chris that he was going to Altis, he cried, he hugged me, and I told him, I said, Chris, this is bigger than me. It ain't about me. It's about you. I want you to achieve your dream. And when I saw that he ran 1018 in the prelims and 1011 in the prelims, all right, the last time I actually got emotional like that was when Karani won the, the 400 in the, 20, in the 2012 Olympics. So my roses go to a young man who persevered, pushed through, through all the trials and tribulations, going from one system to another, and it took him time to adapt. But now he has his A qualifier for the Olympic trials, and he's on his way to Oregon. And that was the goal, and we always put the goal out there. Chris Royster, I love you, kid. You know no matter what happens, I'm always going to be here for you. I'm never going anywhere. I'm your number one fan, your number one supporter. My roses go to you. Keep striving, keep pushing. You're going to do big things, baby. That's what's up, man. I watched that race. He, he looks real good. Uh, but shout out to you, man, for not, for not charging him. Uh, when he didn't have a contract. And I respect the coaches, and I respect athletes that do compensate coaches for their time. But to charge someone like $500 or plus more a month, you know, and you know they ain't in that position, man, that's another another time, another time. Had I charged, uh, had, had I charged him, he wouldn't have been able to focus on the task at exactly. hand. The task at hand was for exactly. me to get him to Phoenix. That exactly. was the task. That, that was the way to get him to Phoenix. It, is it bad that my my feet typically is food? Say, man, bring me a sandwich, though. Nah, you know, like I, like I said, I that you should. There's 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 value in being compensated for your time, you know. But you understand, like you talking five hundred a month, man. That's significant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you when you don't have a salary, and so you are gonna work to get that. That's a car note. That's a high car note. But I mean, that's a couple of bills. Right. Yeah, you know? and that and we know we lose people from the sport that really could still be running or could have been better had they not had to focus on that. But anybody, anybody who wants to train with me, if you don't have a contract, you're not getting charged. We're gonna do this pro bono. I'm here to help. Man. My coach didn't charge me. When you, when you get paid, I get paid. Say it, say it again. I said, when you get paid, I get paid. And that's what I told him. I said, if anything happens, just get me, just get me, get me to the meet, get me to, get me to the big meet. That's hey. it. Hey, right, right, <laughs> that's man. It. We, we got a good, we got a good setup down here in Atlanta, man. If, if somebody does need a space to train. So, right. Uh, I give out my rose and I, I, it sucks. Cause y'all know I'm a pretty optimistic and positive person, but it, uh, I mean, you know, the, the death bug has hit my family. So now it has come on my mother's side. We we lost a very, very close cousin due to cancer. So F-U-C-K cancer. Uh, but and for it to happen right before Mother's Day weekend was heartbreaking. But I'm trying to also say it in lightheartedness because I just know how close we all were. Uh, my family was at least fortunate enough uh, like two weeks ago to all go to St. Louis, kick it with her, have a great time right before she passed away. So I am giving my roses to Lisa. Uh, and her children, you know, I know how just heartbreaking it is for anybody to lose a mother. Uh, so I am giving my roses out to my family and to Lisa this show. Man, it's been great. Great weekend of track and field. Good luck to you, my brother, for your conference meet. You know, everybody's wondering why we're doing this on a Monday. You know, we have to respect the fact that we are all full-time coaches and we have to make we have to make concessions for everyone. Kyle has a conference meet. 
we're rooting for him because listen, he gonna crash the I'm, he gonna crash the party. I'm people. going in just like stamps, man. I'm I'm going in with my one clip and we're gonna shoot these bullets. <laughs> this, as I right. can say, I mean, I am so I'm so grateful that we have all made it through this pandemic, man. I know my team has suffered a lot. I mean, from contact tracing to positive tests to, I mean, people just, I mean, the realities of some people didn't make it through the year. Some people just withdrew out of school. You know, some people just dealing with things personally. So we going in, we going to end the year on a high, you know, uh, my jumpers, my jumpers are set to do really, really well. We've had the last two weeks have been very clean practices, great practices. So, you know, our, our whole mentality is shoot, man, make some finals, beat some people. It's that time of year. That's all that matters. You know, we know we don't have our full squad, but you know, get the finals and beat some people. And to everybody else out there, like I said last week, uh, I know the, the big, big championships are, are about to go down. But uh, I pray that everybody gets there safe and sound and in one piece. I hope that all of your athletes make it in and out of that meet uh, injury free. You know, I pray that everybody puts their best foot forward. This is the time of year that it's supposed to happen. Let all these thunderstorms and rain clear out so we don't have no rain delays, nothing like that, man. And I hope to see y'all in Jacksonville. Uh, right? I definitely shout out to everybody that's holding it. Shout out to everybody that's holding a conference meet, man. Shout out to the coaches that we all know personally from EB at Kansas to Coach Holloway down in Florida to Ken Horndon out there in Tennessee, right. you know, to, to Calvin and those guys down at Texas Tech, you know, to my alma mater, to the University of Tennessee. We got two alums from the University of Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to everybody, man. Good luck to everybody, man. Godspeed, safe travels. And I'm going to figure out a way how to do a weekend recap that won't be 18 pages long. <laughs> I'm going to figure out a way how to do it. All right, so just y'all gonna have to bear with me, baby. All right. I said, where's y'all last chance? Where y'all going? We're going at we going into the belly of the beast, North Carolina A and T. All right, locking in, man. So we will see y'all at our regular time next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. All right, bet man. Mother oh. <laughs> we out. <laughs>